nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scoured the globe with top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So, welcome back to the Matter Over Mind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and Weight Management Expert, Narado Zico Powell. And today, I have for you VJ Hamilton, registered nutritionist and autoimmune disease expert. And you know how much I love to talk about autoimmunity. You know about my problems that I had with asthma, and you know about my eczema and all these problems that, guess yeah. what? I no longer have, and I've been off medication for over three years by Amazing. healing my gut and learning the importance of lowering chronic inflammation. We know that whole story, not going to get into that. So I'm glad to have BJ so we can really get deep into these topics today. What BJ primarily does is that she helps women with autoimmune disease live again. And of course, you know, I'm going to have a hack of the episode. And the hack of this episode is going to be what roles do nutrition play in combating autoimmune conditions? That's going to be the hack of today. And with that being said, let's welcome VJ to the show. Hey, VJ, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Very excited to be here to share everything with you today. Me as well. We're going to talk about one of my favorite topics. So let's get into it. But before we do that, tell my audience about yourself. Yeah, well, as you said, Narado, thank you for the introduction. Um, I am a nutritionist and registered, uh, and sorry, I'm registered nutritionist and autoimmune disease expert. But um, I'll just briefly talk you through my story because it's quite a long one. Um, but I, I really, well, I developed my first autoimmune disease when I was seven years old, which is quite different to my clients who normally develop chronic illness a bit later. Although I, I'm working more with children now. Um, so I discovered a patch of alopecia while my parents did when I was seven. And that was really the beginning of it. And I just remember my parents like encouraging me to have eggs in the morning. That was kind of their thing and their knowledge at the time. I think it was like the protein. Um, and it really, and my mum was training as a nurse and it really made me understand like the connection with food. So I would say I'd all, I've always had it in the back of my mind that I need to be a bit more conscious about what I ate. Um, but as I went into my teenage years, I think, you know, that all went out the window and I was eating a lot of processed foods. I then de developed psoriasis. Um, and as you know, because I have a lot of family members with autoimmune disease as well. So I had a huge fascination for it. And I studied biology at school and I went on to study biochemistry and immunology at university, really focusing in on autoimmune disease. Um, so I learned a lot about the science um, at university, which was great, but obviously I hadn't developed a, a method or a way of putting that into practice yet. Um, and it was really when my brother got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis that it really hit hard. I don't know why I, you know, I was dealing with my own issues, but I think when he got diagnosed, I just, you know, it, he didn't really get it explained to him what it was. And I, I explained it, you know, about the immune system and everything. Um, so he understood his condition a bit better. 
And I kind of set out then, I was like, I'm going to find a cure to these conditions, which was a bit naive at the time. But I was working as a chartered accountant at that point. Um, and I worked, you know, I was working at the career ladder, really. I, I kind of fell into it, which sounds sounds crazy. But yeah, I fell into chartered accountancy. Um, and I did enjoy it, the corporate life, you know, living in London. Um, but I got burnt out and ended up with that I then developed chronic fatigue syndrome um, still dealing with the other autoimmune diseases as well as joint pain other skin issues um, swellings so all sorts of things going on in my body um, and it was only when I couldn't get my shoe on for work one day because my ankle had swollen up so much I just thought this is it I need to do something about this um, and that's when I started studying nutrition I learned about functional medicine and dealing with the root cause I shifted my diet to more of a fat-based diet um, and really took out all those inflammatory foods and within a week my swelling in my ankle had gone down I mean I still had a lot of healing to do um, and then I did a lot of the functional testing and really over time um, became symptom free and it was really like around my wedding I was like no I'm, I'm really focusing on this now and for the last say seven years I've now been symptom free and that's what I share with my clients as well in clinic so I'm kind of you know, taking them through this journey as well. Um, so they're almost rebuilding from scratch. So they have that sustained long-term health afterwards, um, which I, you know, absolutely love doing. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's so rewarding um, helping people with these conditions because they can be really, really challenging, as I'm sure you know. And that's a fantastic story. I've, I've shared on the show before that I love having people on the show who've actually gone through the experience of having an autoimmune condition because that's what driven, drove me to start when working with clients as well, focus on weight yeah. management and having the show is having experiencing that, knowing that that's not the end, right? There's so many things that we can do. The problem is there are a couple of things. One, there are more people in the world that have autoimmune and gut issues than we know. And the reasons why is because when you go to the doctor, they look at your labs and they say, oh, it's normal. And I'm like, okay, but normal compared to what to another person that might also be sick so i'm supposed to be in their range or you know there's a difference between normal and what it should be or even optimal right and i've worked with naturopathic doctors who said you can go to a regular md or, or a primary care practitioner and they will tell you normal you come to me and i'll tell you no this is not what it's supposed to be right and that's the, one of the biggest differences there and it really drives me crazy because we have yeah. these we have these uh, requirements that are not necessarily what they should be, but go ahead. No, no, I completely agree with you with the testing. I get so many of my clients coming to me um, and I had this as well, you know, on paper, I was, it, you know, it, I was almost like an, an athlete in terms of body fat and stuff. And it was just because I wasn't absorbing anything really because my gut health was so impaired. Uh, but I get clients coming through with the same thing. You know, they've done all the testing, they've you know they've they've worked with different specialists in different areas you know they've worked with the endocrinologist they've worked with the rheumatologist and they haven't got anywhere and they come to me when they really are you know they've had the diagnosis a lot of my clients whereas it would be love to get the message out there to people that actually to be proactive and to notice these symptoms at the early stages because getting in early means a quicker reverse of the symptoms 
Um, but really it is at that last, you know, that last hurdle when people are getting very frustrated and looking for a, an alternative option that they come to me. Um, and then we work on the diet and the lifestyle and we do the functional testing. So like the stool testing. So actually what is going on in the gut? Um, and then we, you know, we might focus on, you know, more of an organic acids test, looking at the cellular health um, or the hormone panels or all these things that give us such knowledge about how healthy are you? Not can we diagnose a disease, but where is your health at, at the moment? And then improving somebody's health and by improving those kind of upstream systems, um, you, you find that all your symptoms go away, which is what happened to me. I mean, I was at the point of get, going to the doctor again for more of a diagnosis with my, um, you know, my wrists. And then I had things on my skin and I just thought, actually, no, I'm just going <laughs> to I'm just going to do this myself, uh, obviously with my training um, and, you know, working with some other specialists as well. But, uh, you know, it, it was I didn't you know, there is a place for medication, 100 uh, percent. But because mine weren't at that severe stage, I was able to really just work on it from a dietary perspective. I did use some like steroid creams. Um, but that was really as far as I went in terms of using medications, whereas I know with with other people they are at much more kind of, you know, much more intensity in terms of a flare. Um, but I was managed to do it all with diet and lifestyle changes. And I would diet is a huge piece of this as a nutritionist. Um, obviously, uh, that's my main focus. But the lifestyle part as well is really, really key. And I changed my lifestyle phenomenally while I went through this kind of transition. Right. Because something else that I've heard, I've had people say to me, I eat healthy, I eat healthy. And when they said to me they eat healthy, I'm like, are you sure you eat healthy? Or what do you really mean? And, and when they say eating healthy, mean they eat based on what they think they should or what they see on TV. And I'm like, okay, what you may think is eating healthy may not be healthy for your body, number one. Yeah. And you have to really think. And also, you don't know what, it, if you have an autoimmune issue, for example, or you have a gut permeability or something of that sort, eating healthy for you is going to look different than someone who doesn't have those issues. So we throw around that, that term a lot, which is something else that I do want to bring up. And then with the medicine thing, I had Dr. Steve, um, Dr. David Shirazi on the show. And he mentioned yeah. the same thing that I believe that we do need medication in emergency situations, but for daily day to day maintenance, that, that should never be the case. And that's mm -hmm. an issue that we run to NSAIDs and, and, um, and uh, antibacterial and so on and so forth, right? That really are destroying our gut and destroying our health in the process, which kind of becomes a gateway drug. But later on, you kind of have to move to something stronger because it becomes you, a vicious cycle. Exactly, your microbiome becomes very compromised at that point. Mm. And if you, yeah, and that's the other thing, you know, looking at the side effects of some of these medications as well. And that's the other thing that I'll do, you know, if a client is on medication, working with their doctor, just looking at, the, you know, sometimes they can uh, deplete people of certain vitamins as well, making sure that people are taking the probiotics if they're on antibiotics, all those types of things are part of, you know, making sure that everything's in balance. But ultimately, I want to get to my clients to, to really just rebuild from scratch and have that sustained long term health where they're free of symptoms or when they, they do detect a flare coming up because, you know, they might get ill or mm. a very stressful situation, grief. Um, just knowing what to do and how to take care of themselves so that they can maintain their health and any flare would be really minimized. Um, so that's really where I'm looking at getting with my clients. Fantastic. And I agree with you. And with that being said, that's going to take me into my next question. 
what are autoimmune diseases and what are some common causes? I'm really interested in what you're going to say here. <laughs> um, well, an autoimmune disease is, is very, it, I mean, the, the, the very um, standard way to explain them is that the immune system, so your immune cells that would normally be defending you from all these pathogens, viruses, bacteria, everything else, um, start to attack self-tissue. And there are lots of theories around why the immune system would do this. Um, it could be that there is actually damage in the, the tissue that the immune system is targeting, which probably quite rightly it's targeting. Um, uh, but, you know, because there's damage there, that damage needs repairing. Um, it may be this thing called, um, and I won't go too much into the science, but it's called molecular mim mimicry or cross-reactivity. So it's when either like a virus or a food particle will have a pattern on it, let's say it's ABC. And then for example, a thyroid cell will also have ABC on it. So the immune system, that's how it works. It recognizes these patterns and then fires up an immune response. And when this cross-reactivity happens is that, for example, every time you have some milk and you have a dairy molecule that goes into the bloodstream, suddenly the immune system thinks, oh, wow, we need to fire up against that. And then it gets confused and fires up against the thyroid as well. I mean, it doesn't get confused because that's what it's meant to do. But that's one of the theories around it. Actually, that's what I did at university as part of my dissertation. It was all around molecular mimicry. So it hasn't really changed that theory. Um, and then there's also one about that the immune system, you know, you might have an injury or something's happened in that part of the body and the immune system fires up and it's called the bystander effect. So it's, it's where the immune system fires up against something that it needs to fire up against, but then something gets caught in the crossfire. Um, and that could be, for example, a liver cell. It could be systemic as well. So we have these systemic um, immune diseases where they're looking at different parts of the cell, for example, and we have cells all over the body. So when the immune system starts firing off against something in the cell or an enzyme that's doing a biological reaction, again, we can end up with these systemic issues, which you might see in something like systemic lupus and scleroderma. Um, so yeah, they're a bit more challenging, I would say, from a medical perspective. Uh, well, they're all very challenging, actually. Um, and that's why diet can be really key, because we can by reducing inflammation in the body, by dealing with, you know, I'm sure we're going to get to it, but leaky gut syndrome, where we have this increased intestinal permeability, where we're letting more things into the bloodstream, um, we can really help bring down the inflammation, which can stop this firing, this misfiring, maybe, <laughs> of the immune system. Um, but really, the immune system is there to protect you, and it, it you know, it kills off viruses and so when it's doing that to your own cells it really is damaging them and that's why we have damage in these localized areas and as i said we have these systemic ones as well which can affect all areas of the body and are quite difficult to diagnose for that reason perfect i love that um my simple way of putting it you know not as eloquently <laughs> as you is i like to say let's say that a gunman shows up right and he shows up with like a with a with a victim yeah right and then it's like, if you're, you're, you're a sniper, let's say you're, you're a high-trained sniper, you can probably get killed that gunman and you're good, right? Then he shows up with two victims. Then he shows up with three victims. And every time there are more victims, now you don't, it's hard for you to know the difference between who's the good guy and who's yeah. the bad guy. And that's where the lifestyle changes come into play. Because if you're creating all this chronic information and the chronic oxidative stress, eventually your immune system has a hard time to know what itself and what's other. 
Yeah. And that's really hard for your immune system. So thank you for sharing that. I just want to see if I could maybe put it in a little bit of a layman's terms for those well, who are I'm the non- I'll have to use that one next time. <laughs> <laughs> the non-biology um, biology, uh, majors out there. So <laughs> now, well, now let's talk about leaky gut, right? What are uh, some causes of leaky gut? And I'm assuming they're tied into autoimmunity, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, one of the key ones is the poor diet, the processed foods, the trans fats, the sugars, that can be a key one. I mean, we've also talked about it, like the medications. Uh, Medications can also be a cause of leaky gut. Um, So these are just things that we could be doing every day um, that can impact um, our digestive system. Um, Also, if we have, you know, in terms of the kind of more processed inflammatory diet, um, we can also have nutrient deficiencies as a result of that, and that can lead to leaky gut. Um, one of the things that I see time and time again on my clients' stool test is a thing called dysbiosis. Mm. So where we, even when we have beneficial bacteria, when we have them imbalanced or co- what we call commensal bacteria, so bacteria would expect fine in the gut, but they are just in either they've overgrown or there's not enough of them, and they're all imbalanced. And that can lead to leaky gut syndrome as well. And then we have the food sensitivity piece. So when somebody does have a food sensitivity or something even more severe like celiac disease, that can cause leaky gut as well. Um, Also toxins in the environment, candida. Candida grows into, it's got like roots and it grows into the gut. um, And that um, that can cause leaky gut syndrome as well. So there's lots of different things. Um, that can cause it um, by eating, you know, a nutritious diet with the right amino acids um, and having, you know, more high fiber foods, like feeding the really beneficial bacteria, lots of color in the diet. And those are things that are really going to help improve that. Um, But yeah, it's really avoid, you know, the first step really in an approach is, well, what's triggering this? What's causing the leaky gut? And really working on that as well as kind of healing it at the same time. Yeah, and we are going to d- um, dive a little bit into the fiber and the nutrition piece towards the end as well to make it that piece yeah. more comprehensive. And I'm glad you introduced that because that is very important. Something that uh, you said, though, that I definitely want to touch on is uh, being nutrient deficient. My yeah. biggest war when it comes to weight management is let me cut my calories and work out. Let me, you know, that's that can damage your health in so many. First of all, most people who are overweight are already nutrient deficient. They might be eating more foods than they're supposed to, but they're actually not getting adequate nutrition. That's yeah. number one. And then two, you want to cut your calories and then work out excessively. The excessive workout, which causes oxidative stress, causes more inflammation, makes your heart work harder than it's supposed to. We can get into all that. That's the issue. And then you're not. Then you're purposely not getting enough nutrition. And I've yeah. had clients that I work with where I haven't eaten more food than they've ever eaten their entire lives. And they're like, <laughs> I can't eat this many calories. I said, did you hire me to tell me what you're going to do? Or did you hire me to do what I, what I ask you to do? And they'll follow it. And if you don't want to follow it, that's up to you. Go find somebody else who's going to tell you to eat a thousand calories a day. Um, and I've worked with them and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better now. Oh my gosh, I have so much energy. I'm actually losing weight. I thought I had to be in like a 500,000 calorie deficit or something to lose weight. And I've, I've even talked to people who told me that honestly, before you, I used to cycle every day and being a calorie deficit in a whole year, I didn't lose a pound. And all of a sudden I'm eating more food and I'm losing weight. This is not supposed to happen. And I'm like, 
listen to me i'll take yeah. you places but anyway yeah I, i'm glad you touched on that piece because that's extremely important nutrition plays a very important role in um in in your health imagine your weight in your energy in um in just about every biological process in your life now yeah. with that being said what advice i know this is all general this is not specific don't yeah. make any change without speaking to an actual medical professional who's been working with you right um but what advice would you give someone who has been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease? I think at first, and I'm not really a massive fan of Dr. Google, but I do think it is really worth researching your, your condition, knowing a bit more about it, seeing if you can get more time with your doctor to understand it better. Um, and what I absolutely love, and I see it you know, on Facebook and on other sites as well, are these support groups. So when you find out about the particular condition you've got, and there's lots for autoimmune disease as well, because we might not be sectioned into just alopecia or psoriasis like me, you know, I lots of different autoimmune diseases. Um, and those support groups are really, really beneficial as well. Um, I would certainly think about reaching out to a functional medicine practitioner or a registered nutritionist um, to really start exploring what might be going on. Uh, you can start by using like a symptom, um, a food and symptom journal that can be quite insightful. So you can you can maybe start to have a bit more self-awareness. I had I really look back. I had no self-awareness. I didn't observe really anything on my body. I was just like external. I was doing things all the time. And actually that piece of like getting to think, oh, actually, that doesn't feel quite right. Um, that's probably not normal to be experiencing that all the time. Um, and just learning that about myself is really helpful. But, you know, obviously take your doctor's advice. Um, but I do think working with somebody that's going to look into kind of the root cause of what's going on and help you work on that is really, really beneficial. Um, and then you know, there's lots of testing you can do as well, but that would all be advised when you're working with a, a functional medicine practitioner. And I, a while ago, I did actually ask this question on my community. It was, it was quite a while ago and all the people that um, are part of this, this autoimmunity community, they all mentioned the fact that they, you know, they recommended anybody that's just been diagnosed really should go see a functional medicine practitioner um, and, you know, or, you know, somebody working in that similar field where we were exploring the root cause and working on that. Um, but I do really like the support groups as well. I just feel like that open space to just talk about things. Um, and I also would say, which is a, definitely an error I made, is to keep it all a secret. Um, I just did, I, I don't know why, but I just didn't really want to tell many people about what I was going through. I just wanted to deal with it on my own. And I think actually at the end of the day, the more you share with people, you're not a burden to anybody. Um, it just really helps. Um, I just think it helps personally and it helps with your recovery as well. Awesome. Those are excellent tips, especially the community. I think that's really huge. And uh, where a lot of us, actually, we try to keep it secret, but actually stresses you out more. And now you yeah. feel like you're alone. And exactly. um, so, yeah, I think community is, is, is huge. And not only just for support, but for advice and guidance. That can yeah. be very helpful. So thank you so much for that. That's a big share. And with that being said, uh, well, I want to talk about the cardiovascular system, right? Mm -hmm. And autoimmunity. So how can autoimmune diseases impact the cardiovascular system? 
So I, uh, it, it's quite interesting, actually, in my family, we, a, lot, a lot of my family and extended family have autoimmune disease. And the other thing that my family has is heart disease. And so that is something straight away I'm like interested in. What's the connection here? And actually, a lot of heart disease is caused by inflammation of the blood vessels. And we know inflammation is at the heart of autoimmune disease. And when we get these little um, kind of cracks um, in the endothelial of the of the uh, blood vessel, that's when um, the immune system will fire up a response and that's when plaques can develop and plaques become blockages in the artery and can cause problems with the cardiovascular system. And um, there's also something called vasculitis, which is actually an immune, um, um, an autoimmune disease, which causes inflammation of the vessels. But really, when you're in that inflammatory state, it can affect both you know, different systems in the body, but it can often affect, affect the blood vessels because, you know, um, really they're at the heart of like carrying all the cells around. And when you, you mentioned oxidative stress, which is a key piece of this, and when we have more free radicals, which are damaging in the body than antioxidants, we're in this state of oxidative stress, and that can cause damage as well, uh, systemically and locally. Um, and that, again, can cause damage to the arteries. And that's when we can lead to, um, you know, our arteries becoming stiff, our blood pressure rising. We also know with things like thyroid issues, we can have an increase in, in cholesterol. And I'm not saying cholesterol is the cause, but when we have plaques or other blockages um, and we have more of the low density um, LDL particles, they can again get that get trapped in the in the in the artery and cause an immune response. So they are very much interlinked. Um, and I did go to a very interesting presentation quite a few years ago now, um, where they were actually saying that, you know, cardiovascular disease is an autoimmune disease. It was quite a bold statement. And obviously there's not enough scientific research to back that up at the moment. But I did find that very interesting that this whole cardiovascular disease that we're all aware of could fit actually into the autoimmune disease spectrum as well. And I think we're realizing that more and more diseases are, we didn't, for, we didn't primarily call them autoimmune diseases. They're being categorized as, as more evidence has come out. The thing is that it is going to be a little slower because we've been running off the same information for maybe hundreds of years or however long, and now we're getting new evidence and our minds are opening up, but we can't just take one, two studies and say, Hey, this is what it is. We have to take time. It takes time. So I definitely agree, but I can see there is definitely the connection, 100% agree. And I also think that um, we're going to have more, very soon, we're going to have more information so we can make more definitive statements. So thank you so much for sharing. And VJ, before I get into the hackity episode, which is what I wanted to stick around for, I just want to stop and remind someone of something. I've been, I've been using mushrooms in my diet for years. And in fact, when it comes to... Um, lowering inflammation in my body and uh, lowering oxidative stress, feeding my good bacteria. Mushrooms have been a very important part of that. And there's a, there's a research by anti-aging researcher, Dr. Kara Fitzgerald, and a research team has been studying the powerful benefits of mushrooms. So during the study, she found that mushrooms exert their benefit of changing DNA methylation patterns. Now, by doing this, they seem to be dictating a more favorable gene expression in the body. And in turn, helping you to reverse your biological clock and keep you feeling and looking younger for longer. That, that fountain of life, that fountain of youth we're all looking for, right? Mushrooms, let me tell you, can really, can really be beneficial in that. 
And I'm going to tell you about my favorite brand, Real Mushrooms. They have over 40 years of mushroom growing experience. They know optimal ways to produce mushroom extracts to get you the benefits they deserve. On top of that, they use certified organic mushrooms cultivated I'm sorry, sustainably as nature intended. Sometimes my accent gets in the way. I try to sound a little bit more American and my accent just screws it up. But uh, yeah, go to uh, realmushrooms.com. I love their stuff. And of course, I have a discount for you, right? So go to code Zico, Zico, use code Zico Health and you get discounts off all their products. Their website will be in the Zico recommendation page and in the description of this episode. And with that being said, now we're going to get into the hack of the episode. We're going to talk about nutrition and autoimmunity. What roles do nutrition play in combating autoimmune conditions? Well, we will start with your one because I think it was a really key point that we raised earlier, but nutrient density is absolutely key. We need these nutrients for so many things. We need them to feed our gut bacteria. We need them for lots of biological processes within the body, which are so key in autoimmune disease. They act as cofactors. They act as building blocks for different organs and different systems in the body. Um, so that is what I see time and time again is my clients coming to me. They're eating these beautiful salads, um, you know, twice a day. There's no protein. There's no healthy fats. Um, and it really if, if you're going to do anything, focus on that nutrient density. Um, active nutrients are found in animal products. I was a vegetarian for 11 years. Ethically, you know, I do support it, but I, you know, I had to get healthy again. I really needed those active nutrients from meat, fish and shellfish. Um, seaweed is another really great product that you can bring in and making sure that you have all that color in the diet because mm. as well as um, the nutrients that you need for all those different processes we need the antioxidants that oxidative stress is a key piece and again I see a lot of clients with very high amounts of oxidative stress and you need to bring that down and it, they also help to bring the inflammation down um, so you know, you're looking really at one making sure there's no nutrient deficiencies, so there's no flaws in the systems, in the body, but also bringing down that inflammation is absolutely key. So bringing in lots of antioxidants, uh, you know, you can get lots of powders now. So as much as you can eat all these colorful um, plants and vegetables, you can also bring in, you know, cranberry powder, I really like, biobab, moringa. These are all um, powders that you can add into smoothies, um, and also focusing in on your detoxification pathway as well, because the liver is such an important organ in all this. And while we're, but you know, we're all dealing with all these toxins every day, and they can fire up and trigger autoimmune disease. So by making sure that we're giving our body the best chance of detoxing them, which one is part of our gut health, that's one of the main places that we detox. But also we need to make sure that detox um, process and the pathways run well, and that's why we need to bring in those nourishing foods so i do always recommend a green juice um not high in sugar something with cucumber parsley lemon ginger celery uh radish those types of things make a really nice detoxing juice that you can have as well um so yeah they're my really key areas i mean from a leaky gut perspective um, you can bring in certain foods which help with leaky gut. One of the, I'm sure this has been mentioned on your uh, uh, podcast before, uh, but bone broth is a really great way to help heal the gut. You can even do a broth fast and different things with broth, 
broth if you if you don't really want to have broth then collagen is another great thing that you can bring in um, and stewed apples are really high in pectin and pectin um, um, feeds some of the really beneficial bacteria in the gut so I just like to do some stewed apples with some cinnamon really quick to make you can have it in the fridge for like two to three days just have some of that every day um, can be really beneficial as well perfect Thank you so much for sharing that. You know what? I love the fact that you really stayed on the nutrition piece because that's where a lot of us are lacking. We get really confused and we don't know. We're like, oh, some people say go, go vegan. That's going to help. Go, uh, go carnivore. That's going to help. Go keto. That's going to help. But you actually broke down how it, it, um, it can actually be beneficial for you. I'm right there with you with the vegan lifestyle. I am not necessarily against it. And pe different people do it for different reasons. I just want people to know that if you are going to go vegan or vegetarian, you're going to have to supplement as well if you truly want yeah. to be healthy and you would be very mindful of that because of what you're missing at the same time. And I've had this, this, this argument with my carnivore friends, I'm an omnivore, but I'm, I'm a highly meat-based eater. Right. But I eat vegetables with almost every meal or it's not a vegetable, some type of plant food with almost every meal. Yeah. And, um, I always tell them that, look, you need to have at least 25 to 30 different plants in your diet every week. Now, that doesn't mean go looking for 25 to 30 different plants and eating them. That could be the supplements that you mentioned, right? So supplementation, that could be from spice, different spices that you use, because most of them are made from plants. That could be from the different teas that you drink, I think three or four different teas a week. Um, nuts are plants, right? So real nuts are plants. Um, um, of course, vegetables, of course, fruits, and then you want to you know, eat berries, um, you can you can make a shake from time to time. There's so many ways. It is really easy to get 25 or 30 different plant foods in a diet. In addition, in addition to that, when you get a white, when you eat the rainbow, you don't have to think so much about oligosaccharides because it's gonna kind of come with it over time. And oligosaccharides are those sugars, oyster sugars, those carbs that our body can't digest very well, yeah. but it feeds a good bacteria. Well, you can go look them up and try to get them in your diet which even if you still, you get oligosaccharides, I still think you need to eat 25 to 30 different plant foods. But in addition to, you want to make sure you get those oligosaccharides into your diet. And overall, you're feeding your good, your good bacteria with that fiber that it needs. And I see a big smile on your face. I'm sure you have something to say. No, just all great recommendations and exactly what I'm talking to. I mean, you probably eat more plants by the sound of it than some vegetarians. And that, to be honest, looking back at my diet when I was a vegetarian, I was eating, you know, all the wrong types of, of foods anyway, outside of, you know, plants. And you do find a lot of people who, you know, I went, I've done the autoimmune paleo protocol. I've done paleo, uh, you know, I've done keto. I've done all of these things. I've tried them all. And they've definitely had a part to play in different parts of my progress. Now I would say I'm more a Mediterranean diet and I really work with my clients. Where are they at? Do they need a, do, do they need a total reset? Do they need to go to that level? Are they just in that highly reactive state? Do they need to move more to a fat-based diet? And you can pick that up from people. Um, and as I say, along the way, I've tried lots of different things. Um, I really see fasting um, has benefited me as well. But again, it's all very personalized. Um, and that's why, as you mentioned, it's always best to work with the practitioner to make to know what's right for you. Um, but really, everything I recommend 
for you is to make sure that these are all things that you can anybody can do um, and it's not going to cause any harm at all um, you know bringing in the berries is is great having you know some lovely berries every day cherries are in season um, so yeah there are lots of ways that you can bring in these colorful plants but as you said teas I mean the herbal teas are a great way to bring in um, some of those really therapeutic properties um, and you know they're they're a, they're a nice, delicious way to do that as well. So, yeah, it's just really thinking about every meal. Like, what am I getting out of this? Um, you know, because I look, I, I'm not going to name names, but, you know, a burger and chips. For me, fair enough that, you know, if you're using really good quality beef, you do have some active nutrients maybe in the in the meat if it's very good quality. Um, but really, that's not giving me anything. Um, especially like chips I'm not getting anything out of that I might enjoy eating it but I you know I try and look at every meal what nutrition am I getting out of this um, and I think you made some key points around you don't just have to have a portion of vegetables you can have sauces you can have smoothies you can have juices um, you can do you know have lots of herbs and seasonings and spices so there's lots of ways to get the nutrition in um, but I do think that nourishment is absolutely key and you know just going through my clinical experience uh, most of the time my clients are not eating enough that is it bizarre it, well not eating enough nutrient density right yeah Right. You know, a thousand calories of carbs is completely different than a thousand calories of fat and protein. Just, just yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> completely different. <laughs> and with that being said, and you mentioned it and working with a specialist. So how can my audience get in touch with you or learn more about your work? So uh, my company is called The Autoimmunity Nutritionist. So it does exactly what it says on the tin. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. So it's at The Autoimmunity Nutritionist. I also have a website, which is www.theautoimmunitynutritionist.com. Um, so you can contact me. There's a contact page. But I am, you know, quite active on Instagram. And I also have a Facebook community. So if anybody does have autoimmune disease and they would like that support, it's called The Autoimmunity Community. And you can find me over on Facebook. Facebook. Perfect. And the show notes are going to be zikahealth.com slash the autoimmune. What well, I'm sorry, nutrition. Sorry. Yeah. That's what's <laughs> going to be zikahealth.com slash the autoimmune specialist. Was, was that right? Nutritionist. Why can't I seem to get that right? Let's try again. <laughs> Third time's a charm. zikahealth.com slash the autoimmune nutritionist. That's going to be the show notes. I'm telling you, my, I must be working too hard today. And with that being said, <laughs> That's going to that um or your contact information will be in the show notes as well, and the right. show notes will be in the description of the podcast in the description of this episode. And with that being said, we're getting out of here today. Great, have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.